0: everyone and welcome to the Life Christian Church. My name is Christian. I'm the Director of Pastoral Ministries here at TLCC and it's really great to be with you. I get to spend the next few minutes speaking with you about something that is one of my favorite topics and I believe something really important for all of us. To start, here's a little bit of an embarrassing uh, admission. For most of my life, I had little clue as how to use or understand the Bible. Now, mind you, I read my Bible. I picked it up frequently. I heard a lot of wonderful, deep teachings on it at a very, very young age. And I even received my undergraduate degree in philosophy and theology with a lot of biblical studies as a part of the focus and took exegesis classes and hermeneutics classes and Old Testament and New New Testament classes and much, much more. The point is, it wasn't that I didn't use scripture or that people weren't trying to teach me how to use it appropriately. It was that by my kind of own fault or my own approach, I was using scripture wrongly. If this is the case, then it matters a lot for my life and for those of us who might be approaching it this kind of way, because scripture is foundational for our life and living and foundational for, for following Christ. As the apostle Paul says to a young pastor, Timothy, in the book of second Timothy, a letter He says, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know those from whom you learned it and how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. All scripture is God breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. If this is the case, if scripture is this key to our lives and it is God-breathed or inspired by God, then obviously it's super important for us to be able to understand it, use it, and read it rightly. I want to talk a little bit about the way in which our lives can be enriched and transformed by a way of approaching the text of scripture that's different from at least how I approached it for a lot of my life. And I think that A lot of us may approach it now i'm gonna get a little like teacherish here there and dive into some like concepts that maybe you haven't heard or maybe you have heard but i want to encourage you to stick with me i think it'll be meaningful i think we're gonna have a good time and hopefully god willing we'll see some new things about scripture so first of all why this topic and, and why today well i believe that we're in a very difficult time as a world right and as individuals and we have to continually remember in difficult times what story we are a part of, or more specifically, whose story we are a part of. Oftentimes we can be pulled in many directions that the world has for us. There are worldviews and lifestyles and habits and people that are continually pulling at us from different directions, calling us to make themselves the central stories of our lives that we kind of live within, all of us have what some people would call uh, meta-narratives, or we live within meta-narratives. A meta-narrative is an overarching account, or interpretation, or story of our lives that provides a pattern or structure for people's beliefs and gives meanings to their. Experiences, meaning we see a meta-narrative of our life or a story of our life through which we interpret life and its purposes and all of our experiences. And maybe your narrative or your story is like a story of success. The most important thing is maybe self-fulfillment or accomplishment so that you can be valuable and meaningful. Or your story is maybe supporting your family. That's what you see your life lens through. Maybe it's happiness or physical desires that you're trying to fulfill maybe your identity is in some kind of label that has been placed on you or you've placed on yourself or something like that and your story is about fulfilling or protecting that kind of label whatever your meta narrative or your story is it impacts how you view the rest of your life and all of your experiences within the world and therefore it impacts your motivations how you act even you know your day-to-day priorities i'd encourage you to think and stop at some point whether that's now or later and think about what your narrative is, what your story is when you wake up every morning as you're living your life. What's the overarching story of your life? Now, my purpose isn't to say uh, that these driving stories are bad, but to ask whether or not these points in this story, things like our work, our identities, our families, our success, are actually just plot points in a much bigger story and that only when they're seen in the schema of a bigger story are these plot points given any true and real purpose and meaning. We need, I believe, to frame these stories as points in a bigger story that will help to give them meaning and direction and even correction and shape them as to what they should be. I would offer, as you would obviously guess, that the bigger story that we need to live within is the one revealed in scripture. Through this story, we have to see our entire lives, our work, our family, ourselves. Or one could say that scripture becomes our life view or our worldview, the lens through which we see the world and our lives within it. I believe that when we make scripture anything less than this bigger story through which we see all of our smaller though important life stories, then we actually misunderstand scripture and actually can't engage it fully when we approach it first with our own smaller stories as the main story. See, I think, or at least my personal experience is, that we frequently make the story and narrative of scripture about our lives rather than making our lives about the story and narrative of scripture as given and told by God. We see scripture through our story rather than seeing our story through the lens of scripture, if you will. And when we do this, we devalue scripture and kind of in a sense, we make it subservient to us and our story and our world. And scripture then slips in to support our story rather than us supporting the story of scripture. And what happens and what's kind of crazy about this is it means that we fundamentally begin to misunderstand Uh, kind of the nature and the role of scripture that it plays. And inevitably, we literally just kind of read it wrong. We don't understand what it's actually trying to say as just a text. For instance, in a a way that I do this, and I think that a lot of us can do this, is I often use scripture like a manual full of how-to's and to-do's. It's a collection of writings that are essentially there to help me or tell me how to accomplish my story, like how to be successful, how to experience anxiety reduction and so on. Or it's a list of to do's to tell me how I can be good enough to go to heaven or something like that. And this is kind of how this can look in practice sometimes. We open up our Bibles, we just kind of peek in and try and find a text here or there that will encourage us or give us one little glimpse as to what we should do or how we should act about something. We just kind of live in the Psalms, which are like the best devotional text in scripture, in my opinion. I read the Psalms a whole bunch, uh, but we just kind of live in the Psalms because it just encourages us and inspires us with where we are at. Uh, and again, we just kind of pick out little verses of scripture and that's that can sometimes be the extent of our engagement, which is great, but I think that there's possibly something more as we will get into but when we do this when we read scripture this kind of way what I've realized is I've made scripture become about me it's about how it can inspire me rather than the inspirer of scripture it's about how I'm I'm reading it for me and we must stop and ask I believe what's different about the Bible from other books other texts a lot of books can inspire me A lot of books have tips and how-to hacks on living a successful life, on having good families, and all that kind of stuff. Though a lot of scripture is intended to help us in these kinds of ways, please understand me on that. Scripture does give us how-to's and to-do's and inspires us and encourages us and builds us up. But when we approach it only like this, I think that we miss out on a lot of the rest of scripture and therefore We aren't able to engage the fullness and richness of what God is trying to do with and for us through the bigger story of scripture. For instance, the way in which scripture is written, again, it's simply not a how-to or a to-do, just in the way it's written. We often think of God's gift to us in scripture, uh, I I think, uh, in this kind of way. We imagine uh, when we're reading scripture, it's kind of like, Uh, we're imagining an officer in the military giving us orders, right? We're soldiers and the commanding officer comes in. He tells us to do X, Y, and Z uh, if we want to be successful or be fulfilled or go to heaven or feel better and so on and so forth. And again, there are some good biblical texts on stuff like that. Uh, But the reality is that scripture isn't really written in that kind of way. It's not just a commanding officer coming in and saying, hey, here's this thing that you have to do and to do it in this kind of way. It's written in in a different way and it works more like this, I believe. Imagine again that you're a soldier, but the commanding officer comes into your barracks. You're expecting to be told what to do so you can just go and know your path, right? It's typically how a command comes to you. But instead of sitting there and telling you what to do, the commanding officer simply tells you a story and he says, this story is authoritative and guiding for your life. Think about that. How do you then go and live with that story being authoritative, the guiding force of your life and action? It's easy to understand the command directly given, the how to and the to-do, but how do we live in light of a story? The reality is is that the scope of the Bible is in large part, in, in some kind of way, a story. It's a collection of writings in the form of literature, and history, and theology, that when put together, it tells the true story of God creating and redeeming creation. The Bible doesn't start with, this is how to be saved, or this is how to be fulfilled, how to's and to do's. It starts with, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. It started with a story of who God was and what he was doing, And throughout we see stories then of the jewish people trying to live out god's calling we see the story of jesus and he communicates ways for us to live through stories things like parables and even through the story of his life we see early christians growing and thriving through the use of stories in the book like acts just telling the story and the history of the early christian community or we even have the letters of paul which makes up a lot of the new testament And the letters are written to specific people in specific times and specific places. Therefore, it's kind of a story about people in the past. If we're only looking for the how-to's and to-do's, then we're no longer uh, looking at what Scripture is actually doing, and we're in danger actually of kind of skipping past a lot of what's truly going on in Scripture as a written document. But then what kind of happens here is we're led to this serious question of how do I actually use scripture? What do I do with this? How do I use a book that does have guidance and inspiration, uh, but has a lot of story? How do I use this to be the lens through which I see the world and act and live within that world? Well, I hope you're tracking with me. I hope you're having fun, but we're going to switch metaphors here. We're going to go to a little bit of a different thought experiment uh, to help us possibly transform our way of understanding ourselves with scripture. All right. So imagine that you're an actor in a play authored by Shakespeare. You're an actor in a play authored by Shakespeare. It's a new play. It's one that he's just writing right now. But when you get the script, only four out of the five acts of the play are written only four out of the five. But when you get to the theater to act out the play, all you are asked to do is to act out the fifth and the unwritten act improvisationally, without specific lines, without specific details of your movements and what you're supposed to do right in that moment. Now, what would you do as an actor? You would study the first four acts of the play like crazy. To understand the story up to this point, where has it gotten to? So you can understand the direction of where the story is, uh, where the story is going. What are your motivations? What's your personality, your character, your ethic in the first four acts? So you can try to get a glimpse, allusions to where the story is supposed to end. So you can improvise your way there, but with the guidance of the story as it is written so far. This, I believe, is a wonderful way to understand scripture. It is from God, the author of life in history. As second Timothy, as second Timothy says again, all scripture is God breathed. We have the author of life who has breathed out a story of which we're now in the final act kind of, if you will, or one of the final acts. But we are not left out to dry with no direction from the director. He's told us that he knows the beginning from the end. He has given us his spirit to help to guide us uh, as actors, to help us know where to go. Uh, but incredibly important to our journey as actors is the fact that we already have kind of a foundation of the story already written that we can study and read for all its worth as how-to's and to-do's in theology and history and literature and poetry and so on and get a sense of the story thus far, where it's going and how we are to live within it. Now, what does this do for us? How does this possibly change how we view scripture? Or at least how did this way the change that I approached and like literally use the Bible? Well, viewing scripture like this caused me not to put scripture into my story, but to put myself into the story of scripture as given by God. Uh, I was now had a new kind of thirst, a new hunger. To know the actual story itself and not just think about how I could use scripture to support my preconce- preconceived meta narratives that I already had, my preconceived worldview and views of life. I wanted now the story itself, for all it was worth, to develop how I viewed the world, to develop. How I looked at life and now I felt free to go and just study and read the scriptures and see what they were actually saying and doing and not impose myself on it but first let scripture impose itself on me. So we're going to spend the rest of our time talking just a little bit about hopefully some practical ways that we can practically approach scripture again for all that it's worth and read it how God created it and inspired it. Uh, so we're just going to go over a few kind of tips here first of all we must understand the context in which scripture was written we have to understand the context in which the scripture is written the bible is if you will a library of text inspired by god written over the course of around a thousand years in the form of 66 books by over 40 authors. It was written in Hebrew and Greek. It was written by specific people, often to specific people in specific times, meaning it's written in a time different from ours, two different people using different kind of language in scripture, and scripture in many ways is foreign to us. Now. As Hebrews four says, the word of God is is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. But in order to understand how it impacts us today, we first have to know what it actually means in its context. Meaning the word of God is alive and active right now. The scriptures are alive and active right now. So in a sense, it was written in a specific time, but it's also meant for our time. But if we wanna understand how it manifests itself in our time and in our lives and how it does change and inspire our stories, then we need to first understand what it actually meant when it was written and as it is intended as a text in itself. Here's kind of a practical example of why this is so important and sometimes why it's less readily apparent to our minds and less obvious as to why we need to pay a lot of attention to context and what was kind of going on in the scripture as it was written in in its own time. We're gonna look at Mark 12, 14 through 17. I think this this is a a really cool text. In this passage, Jesus is being questioned by Pharisees and Herodians about uh, what first looks like paying taxes. You've probably heard this text before. It reads, they came to him and said, teacher to Jesus, we know that you are a man of integrity. You aren't swayed by others because you pay no attention to who they are, but you teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. Is it right to pay the imperial tax to Caesar or not? Should we pay or shouldn't we? Jesus knew their hypocrisy. Why are you trying to trap me? He asked, bring me a denarius, their coinage, and and let me look at it. They brought the coin and he asked them, whose image is this and whose inscription? Caesar's, they replied. Then Jesus said to them, give back to Caesar what is Caesar's and to God what is God's and they were amazed at him. So typically when we first look at this text, our kind of understandable and initial response is like being honest citizen and pay your taxes. This however, is reading our own presumptions oftentimes or just our own kind of questions into the text rather than looking at what was actually happening in the text and letting it inform our story. First of all, this wasn't an honest question about paying taxes. Jesus says he was a hypocrite, right? He knows that there's something here happening. What's on the surface isn't what's actually there. It was a trap set for him which happens all throughout his ministry. People are trying to trap him in these kind of like logical loopholes or something like this. See what we see in the time uh, of the Jewish texts around Jesus's era is that paying taxes to Caesar actually meant acknowledging him as king. So that history helps us understand some context. But the Jews around Jesus had a motto that said, no king but God therefore, Jesus is in a trap. If he says, pay your taxes, then he's denying uh, that God is the actual king or he's the only king. But if he says, don't pay your taxes, then he's going to be arrested for treason. So how does Jesus respond? Well, he gets a coin that when we look at archaeological coinage from the time, they likely had a ruler's face on it. And it said that the ruler was divine. Jesus looks at it and he says, in essence, this money with this saying that this person is divine, it's kind of like blasphemous money. Sure, give it to Caesar. He gets what he deserves. This money is an affront to the kingdom of God anyway, kind of give it back to him. Meaning, Jesus was largely being subversive in that time in a really smart way. He was not saying, uh, you know, he was not saying, uh, of course, give your money to Caesar. He's our ruler. He's saying, in my kingdom, God is ruler, not Caesar. Give away that which is of the kingdom of the world and uh, the ruler of this world to him. Let he let him have what he deserves. Now, do you see how different this is from a surface level reading of the text, kind of more for our context? It changes a lot of how we look at the actual teaching in the story of scripture. Now, this is a lot different from the just be a good citizen, pay your taxes. Now, Sure, Jesus is saying, though, sure, pay your taxes. He's not not saying that, but he's, he's, he's asking and answering a whole different question. How do we live as a part of the story and the kingdom of God and what he is doing? All of the sudden, our vision is blown open to see the, subner- the subversive nature of Christ and what following him really kind of means. When we read scripture for what it's actually trying to say in moments like this and it's time, then we can get the true story and really I think live better within it. And it's also way more interesting in my opinion and it's way more fun and you dig into what's really going on in it. Here are a couple of tips on how we can do stuff like this. First of all, it's to get a good Bible. That's a super obvious one. Second of all, get a good commentary if you wanna focus on a particular book of the Bible. In the life notes, I've left some titles that you may wanna check out that can help for stuff like this. I've pulled some content today uh, uh, from a book called The New Testament In Its World by N.T. Wright and Michael Bird. I'll leave uh, the text to that. It's kind of like a textbook on the New Testament. And it talks about a lot of the stuff that, that we're brushing on today. So hopefully you can check that out and maybe this can help you do what we're talking about. But next, I believe that we must understand the way in which scripture is written. So the first one is to understand the context, but also to understand the way in which scripture is written. Meaning we kind of have to understand uh, the genre of scripture. You have letters and poetry, you have Greco-Roman biographies, uh, and a lot more. See, when we don't understand the kind of text something in scripture is, then again, we'll just, read it through our own lens and possibly read it wrongly. Sometimes this leads to us taking things out of the context like we were talking about or not reading them in a way that's possibly best. For instance, this is something I always think about when people receive the letters of Paul, again, makes up most of the New Testament like Romans or Galatians or Colossians, they'd receive it and then they would read the whole thing at once, just like how you would read a letter if you received it today. You wouldn't read two sentences of the letter every day over the course of a month to finish it right or here's another example when we read genesis we must understand that it wasn't written in a way that was intending to really answer 21st century science textbook questions it's just literally not even exactly the goal of the text or the way in which it's written it's a historical and poetic work primarily communicating theological truths like god as creator and sustainer of the world, working to bring about an orderly and beautiful world into creation, how that plan was thwarted by chaos, and how God is restoring the original plan. That's a much different way to look at it, to not have our own lens of genre, of science textbook, versus a theological, theological and historical treatise on something. See, understanding how a text was intended to be read is huge in our process. It's not just a tract, again, with little sayings. It's a bigger story that God has unveiled in different kinds of ways. Understanding how a text was intended to be read is huge in our process. It's not a tract, again, with just little sayings. We must approach it as God developed it in the way in which the authors kind of wrote it. I think a really big tip in approaching scripture and how it was written well is to do something called chunk reading, meaning read it in longer chunks. Consume the big story of what's going on and then begin to pick apart the details and understand the nuance of what's going on in a particular context. It's like watching uh, a movie that you love possibly. You don't just watch two minute snippets of it, you watch the whole thing, then maybe if you really love it, you go back You analyze the little things that may have happened and figure out what was going on and what the motivations of the characters were and so on. So in order to get out of like a microscopic, how am I using this for me? We can go, what is God doing? And how do I live in light of this big picture that God has presented to us? And then last of all, we've seen context. We've seen understanding the the way, the genre in which scripture was written. Last of us, last of all, I'd love to encourage you to use scripture like Jesus and his followers. Jesus, first of all, knew his scripture. In Luke 2, 47, we see it speaking of Jesus as a kid, sitting in the temple and learning, most likely his scriptures, which are the Old Testament, largely as we know them today. His followers knew the scriptures. Paul was a Jewish zealot, a Pharisee, extremely learned in the scriptures. Not only did they know the scriptures, it wasn't just the intellectual knowledge. Which is really important. It's not just intellectual knowledge, it's that they constantly were applying the scriptures to their own context and life in the moment. They saw their life through the lens and story of scripture. For instance, some people estimate that there are over 360 direct quotes and references to the Old Testament by the New Testament authors. The Old Testament Was the new testament authors scriptures so they're quoting their own scripture continuously or some people would say one out of every 22 scriptures in the new testament is a reference to the old testament or some people would say that there are over a thousand allusions to the old testament in the new testament meaning they're continually alluding to and applying their own god-given scripture to their own contexts we see that jesus was doing this all the time he's continually applying the Old Testament. He's looking at his life purpose and his mission through the prophecies and what was going on in the Old Testament. He was applying the Old Testament prophecies to himself. He was referencing the law constantly. He was using the story of Jonah to enlighten his own uh, experience of, of his own death and resurrection, like the days in the belly of the whale. He showed people the scriptures concerning himself and so much more. And we could go through a long list of kind of scripture references on those points. See, because Jesus studied the scriptures, he was able to apply it to his own life. And just as he has done this, so can we. Jesus saw himself when he became a man as a part of the bigger story of scripture and what was going on in it. And he lived out the story of the scriptures and created a new future and continued the part of his plan and the plan of the Father and the Holy Spirit and we can do this too. We can apply it to every day in our lives. The other day, my wife and I, uh, as I start to close out here, we were having a conversation about finances and per usual with those kinds of conversations, you can get anxious about certain things or desires or scheme and sometimes plot beyond your needs or or get anxious uh, beyond how much you need to get anxious about certain things like that. So as we're having that conversation, I stopped as we're talking and literally out loud I said biblical perspective biblical perspective biblical perspective meaning we needed to reorient our lives in that moment talking about something important to be subsumed in the story of Scripture rather than going to Scripture and saying hey how are you just making me feel better in this time with the anxiety I'm feeling I'm saying hey how's my entire perspective right now? Am I even looking at my life and my story right now through this bigger story of Scripture? And when we do that continually throughout our lives and we study what Scripture is saying about a lot of these different things, then we can join in in the bigger plot, the bigger plan of what God is doing. We can see Scripture for all that it's worth and the story, the narrative, that we are a part of is something much bigger than ourselves that we get to graft into. And we have roots and foundations continually. When the world is is swaying and the world is being rocked by seas and difficulties and storms, we become rooted in the story of God. We can find ourselves within that story and continue to live it out. Each of us have the capacity to learn more about God's story and to live it out. And I think a very real question is you may be saying, I'm not a scholar. I don't have time for this kind of stuff. I'm not a scholar either. I have had schooling on some of this kind of stuff. But even if we aren't scholars, we are all followers. Even if we aren't scholars, we are disciples. Even if we aren't scholars, we are apprentices. And he has given us the scriptures, the story, so that we can better understand how to sit at the feet of Jesus and live this life through the power of his spirit and to join in in his story. Simply put, I hope today that you're just encouraged and hopefully excited to realize how much there is to learn about what God's doing in this world and that you'll be more excited to bring your story into the story of scripture and to have your life changed thank you so much for listening thank you so much for joining and i hope you're encouraged today to join in god's story and now before i send you off with a benediction let me just remind you of this if you are a member or a regular attender at tlcc this is the time where we mention and receive our tithes and our offerings we thank you so much again to our members and regular attenders for your faithfulness and your tithing, your generosity, and your giving as it allows us to accomplish our mission here at TLCC. And if you're on TLCC TV, you can just go to the top, you can hit the, the giving link, and you can get in a lot of different ways that are easy on there. Uh, thank you so much again for supporting the mission of TLCC. We're so happy to inspire people to the life God dreams for them as we spread His love in every life in circles. Now, if you would, please receive this week may the Lord bless you and keep you and may his face shine upon you. I pray that this week that God will encourage you to join in the story through reading scriptures for all that they work, for understanding the depth of what God is trying to communicate to each of us in his inspired and written word. I pray that each of us are comforted by scripture, that each of us are built up by scripture, that each of us are excited about the journey and the adventure that scripture offers each and every one of us. And I pray that this week that we will be encouraged to live the life that God dreams for us, the Jesus life, the God-inspired life. In the name of Jesus, amen. Have a great week, everyone.